continue the shiur in Eitzot Mevoarot. In this, a last meeting of the season before the prayers, as we turn into the Selichot modes, altogether fitting and proper to discuss the month of Elul, wherein Mu'adeh Hashem Elul Gima. Chodesh Elul began this yesterday. Chodesh Elul Mesugal Lamulet Orlat Halev. The month of Elul is special, begins tonight, Friday night, Rosh Chodesh. It is the time which is special, Lamulet Orlat Halev, that can circumcise the foreskin of the heart. Hainu, namely, Sheim Teshuba Amitit. When a person is sincerely interested in changing, <coughs> he's sincerely interested in repenting. <coughs> this month can assist him <coughs> to overcome a great impediment that divides him with Hashem. And that impediment is the stopping up of the heart. Tefilot amitiyot, with teshuba in this month, with true prayers, which an example of this sincere prayers is the selichot that we say. Umaasim tovim, and with good actions, charity, and the like. Sheoskim bahim, that the whole Jewish people are involved in, Behodesh Elul, in this special month. What is all this for? What do you get out of it? Zochim lehachniyah et atimat halev. A person merits to overcome the stopping up of the heart, the lack of feeling and emotions for spirituality, which is called, in Yiddish, a fashtupta heart. <clears throat> and in English, it's called, closing of the heart. After all, the fact that a person lacks these feelings of closeness to Hashem, is a great impediment to his closeness to Hashem and to actual fulfillment of the Torah. Practical fulfillment of the Torah, because of our psyche and the way we're made up, made up, is so much more powerful when a person feels in his heart godliness. And even when he feels in his heart the pain of the sin, he recognizes emotionally also the pain of the sin doesn't only give it lip service. When a person takes steps during the month of Elul to do what he's supposed to be doing in this month, what happens is a circumcision of the foreskin of the heart, meaning in English that his heart can feel more the actual pain of sin. And this will inspire him so. To fear of Hashem and actual fulfillment of the Torah, until he will overcome what's called the foreskin of the heart, this so called layer of fat that's laying on his heart that's stopping him from feeling godliness. Now, the amazing thing is that this, there's an automatic fringe benefit of this. The automatic fringe benefit of circumcising the foreskin of your heart in Elul by doing these actions of prayers and tzedakah and teshuvah during this month is that it reaches the person's children. Whether or not the children are coming to selichot, whether or not the children are interested, the reality is that a true inspiration in the month of Elul reaches also a person's children. <clears throat> One of the places is discussed in I believe in uh, 
chapter 141 in Likutei Moharan, as an aside, automatically this will filter down to his children, that they will be inspired to fear Hashem, and to actual fulfillment of the Torah, and they will merit to repentance. This is hinted to, this, when a person has this depth of commitment, this is hinted to in the Torah, that this depth of commitment and so-called circumcision of the foreskin of the heart will reach his children. The language in the Pasuk is, Umal Hashem Elokecha et Levavecha. Hashem will circumcise your heart, Ve'et Levav Zarecha, and the heart of your children. What does that have to do with your children? Rabbi Nuzal explains that if you circumcise the foreskin of your own heart, automatically this filters down to the children. Rabbi <clears throat> Nuzal also speaks about a deep mystical concept about wasted seed, and how this also, there too, there's an aspect of children that is very, very sad and tragic outcomes from this type of sin. And because in the month of Elul, the inspiration comes to a person's children, Ruch Hashem is children who are alive, and the, what we look at and see as children, it also can affect in a good way these forces and these so-called children that Barminan can cause him massive issues. And this too, there too, they see where they're at and are inspired to realize their station and to be uplifted. That's, like I said, quite a deep concept, which Shimshon Barskizal doesn't even bring down here, but just wanted you to know that that thing exists. These type of tikkunim, of rectifications that occur in the month of Elul are a tremendous kindness of Hashem. Let's see letter Dalit. The main time of repentance. Whenever you see the word main, means they're a secondary. Any time during the year, a person could do teshuvah. But the main time when this is, when this is, um, one minute. The main time when this is stressed and it becomes a priority is the month of Elul. What is special about the days of Elul? The days of mercy and divine favor. How did they become that way? The true tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu, went up to receive the second Luhot. We all know the chronology. On Shavuot, Hashem gave the Torah. Forty days later, the Jews did the Egel. Moshe came down. He went up another 40 days and 40 nights to pray for the Jewish people. And finally, on Rosh Chodesh Elul, he went up the third time. <clears throat> this time to receive the second tablets. That 40-day period, which begins Rosh Chodesh Elul and ends on Yom Kippur, Moshe Rabbeinu was paving highways for all time, for all people to be able to have a derech, twice baki, a derech lechol adam, a way of path, a pathway of repentance for all people. 
ועיקר דרך תשובה שהודיע משה רבנו, the main pathway that משה רבנו passed on to the Jewish people at this time and implanted in the Jews, שכל אדם ידע, that each person should know, שהשם יתברך מצוי עמו בכל מקום, that Hashem is with him in all places, all places physically and all places spiritually. This is the pathway of Moshe Rabbeinu. Hanoten bayam darech, arken tarich kol adam lezkor. And therefore, each person needs to remember the following, which again is explained in the chapter 6 in Likut Moran in great length. Sheben ka'asher hu zochel aliyah gedola biyoteru harhaba. Whether the person is on a tremendous high, whether he's on a high spiritually, he's praying, he's learning, whether he's on a high physically, he's making some money, he's comfortable, hen whether physical or spiritual, whether it's that mode, even when a person falls, to the greatest depths, God forbid, physically, is down and out money or other physical issues, health, or spiritually. A person has fallen, Barminan, into the doldrums in spirituality, being feeling paralyzed in his spirituality, realizing how much sins he committed. In either case, a person has to be careful. Not to get far from Hashem. A person would see this and pause for wonderment. I understand why a person may fall away from Hashem. If he has committed many crimes, many sins, he will fall away from Hashem. If he has uh, uh, many tzoros in life, he will be embittered and have many uh, uh, claims, etc. But why? Should a, does a person need to strengthen himself, not to distance himself from Hashem if he's on the up? This statement is modifying everything we said. We're saying that a person needs to strengthen himself, that he should not distance himself from Hashem if he's on a low or on a high. Why, if a person is on a high, should he distance himself from, from Hashem? If he's on a high spiritually or if he's on a high Physically, so everything is beautiful. He should be getting closer and closer to Hashem. You should be. But the sad reality is that it's a great test. It's a great test when a person has a physical elevation and he has a few dollars to his name, then a person tends to forget about Hashem. Should be the opposite, right? A person has more, he has more health, he has more wealth. He should be much more intensely involved in Avodat Hashem. But look around, <laughs> and you see it's just not that way. The Sahara attacks the person who has wealth, the person who has health, and causes him to have temporary amnesia and forget that it's all from Hashem. So yes, if a person has physical health and physical money, he has to be careful not to be distanced from Hashem. He's not experiencing the reminders to get back to Hashem, so he must strengthen himself to pull himself 
make sure he doesn't get pulled down. <clears throat> or it's possible for a person to even acquire wisdom. He has a lot of letters after his name. He got this degree, he got that degree. He now gets arrogant and pompous. Look what I accomplished. Or even in Torah, a person learns Shas and the whole Shulchan Aruch says, I'm really something, you know. I'm unbelievable. All these people, they don't know Shas and, and the whole Shulchan Aruch. I'm something really special. And that, of course, is an abomination of Hashem and drags a person to the worst depths of depravity, ga'ava, and arrogance. So yes, a person needs to know, to have this pathway that Moshe Rabbeinu paved, which is to know that Hashem is in all places. If you went up very high, physically or spiritually, well, guess what? Hashem is higher, and He's causing all of this. So you have to remind yourself to be baki so well-versed in running. I have to run more towards Hashem if I have more good things. I have to run more towards Hashem if I did a lot of good things. Because Hashem, you're here, you're puny, and Hashem is all the way there. You're breathing, you're living. It's because you have to advance. <clears throat> and how much more so in the other mode, which it's simple to us, that if a person, Barbinan, has poverty, has shalom, or he has poverty of mind, but not learning Torah, or he has poverty of actions, the fact that he does many sins, there the Yetzir Hara tells a person, listen, you're already messed up, you're already a big ball of nothingness, just forget about everything and go be happy-go-lucky. This is what a person has to fight and say, wrong. Hashem is with me, and He's next to me. Ah, Hashem is with you after all what you did? And the answer is absolutely and unequivocally yes. This is the pathway that Moshe Rabbeinu opened for us. Well-versed in running, going running towards Hashem, even if we have accomplished, even if the things are good. Well-versed in returning, <clears throat> that even if things are not good, and a person really doesn't seem to have any reason to believe that Hashem is with him, to believe implicitly that Moshe Rabbeinu created this pathway of realization that Hashem is with you in the worst of times and even with the worst Jewish criminal. We see many people a distance from Hashem, because they have a lot of success. They have a lot of material things. Or, or they distance from Hashem because they got very smart. Even in wisdom of the Torah. Or because they served Hashem. Of course, if the Torah a person learned and the service of Hashem, intense service of Hashem, was all for the sake of heaven, the overwhelming chances are he wouldn't have thoughts like this to distance himself from Hashem. But sometimes, even when a person does good things, they are not in the fitting level of for the sake of heaven. There are other ulterior motives involved. And in this generation, who can say that they are pure in this regard? So there's a danger on both modes. The pathway of Elul that Moshe Rabbeinu opened with his entreaties to Hashem and whatever he did there, who knows, for these 40 days learning the second Luhot and whatever went up there. We have no concept of what went on up there. Moshe Rabbeinu only tells us, I didn't eat bread and I didn't drink water. So, so what'd you do? 
He was with Hashem, and whatever they were doing, fine. He was giving him the luchot haronot, whatever, and whatever teachings he was giving him. We don't have any idea what's going on there. But we do know it was something good. It was something good for us. Moshe Rabbeinu was paving massive spiritual pathways for us here in the ridiculous situation in 2018, where we walk out of our house or out of the shul and we're confronted by the worst types of Yetzir Hara right in front of our face. <laughs> Who would have believed that the depravity would reach the level that we have reached as far as Tzani'ut is concerned, as far as people's attitudes and the atheism and the denial and the deluge of nothingness, materialism, advertisements, commercials, internet, who would have believed it? Even for us, Moshe Rabbeinu has opened up and paved the pathway. Yes, even for us here in Deal in the summer in 2018, Moshe Rabbeinu has forged a pathway in the month of Elul that even when a person has fallen, because they're very suffer, suffering a lot. Person Barbinan is sick, he's suffering emotional suffering physical suffering, or nofli me'od me'avodat Hashem, or barbinan, worse, or could be worse than that, falling in the service of Hashem. Falling from fear of Hashem, falling for falling off the fulfillment of the Torah, when a person finds himself that he fell barbinan into many Damaging actions. He veered away from the path of Hashem or Avonot Hasveshalom. Azait Sarikh Lizkor. Moshe Rabbeinu forged the following path. He needs to remember. Hashem is found here, there, and everywhere with every person. On the highest high and the lowest low. As the Pasuk says, If I go up to heaven, you're there. As far high as the person goes, Hashem is further up, so he has to strive for more. If I go down to the depths of Gehinam, behold, you're also there. Gehinam? Why are we talking about Gehinam? Isn't Gehinam in the next world? Uh There are people who manage to get themselves into Gehinam in this world. Think about it. I'm sorry. Hashem, what needs to be remembered, what a person needs to remember, and the pathway that specifically for the month of Elul, is that it, a person is easier for him to understand that Hashem is with him at a height or at the worst depth. When a person is on a high, physically or spiritually, what does he need to be afraid of? Every element of his life, he has to be careful of arrogance. He has to be careful of pompousness. If he finds himself holding a glass at a certain way at a party, he knows he's in deep trouble. If he finds himself waiting for people to compliment him on his suit, which he spent a lot of money in order that people should say, wow, you got the uh, Versace, or whatever it's called, Pierre Hamoui, whatever it's called. <laughs> so pompousness 
is a problem physically, it's a problem spiritually. The rabbi has to be careful when he goes into the shul and people get up for him and he starts thinking, wow, they're getting up for me. That's the great me they're all getting up for. You don't have to worry about it too much because people basically more or less forgot this halacha altogether. When I was a child, there was no such thing. The rabbi, I'm certainly not talking about myself, but the rabbi, Rabbi Kassin, the chief rabbi, walked into the shul. The entire shul stood umuwafin. They stood completely on their feet, not just moving themselves a millimeter off the chair. This is a, for a subject for a different time, but you should know this halacha was not nullified. It's not purged from Shulchan Aruch. People should show great respect for the rabbis, and when the rabbi walks in, they should at least show respect by getting themselves off the chair. Want to stand, don't want to stand up all the way? Don't stand up all the way, but get up off the chair. Far be it from anyone to think that I'm talking about myself. We're discussing general ideas of honor of the rabbis and where it went. My point was that not only are men, women, and children in general in danger of this idea of when you're on an up, that you, there is gesut haruach, there is a danger of arrogance, but the rabbi also, once he starts thinking that they're getting up for him, he's in the deepest type of trouble. He's basically finished spiritually. And therefore, the rabbi has to understand, if they're getting up, they're getting up to honor the Torah that he represents and whatever Torah that he has. But to them, he represents a Talmud Hakam, and thus they're following the dictates of the Torah to get up, honoring the Torah, which is all from Hashem. The Yetzer Hara doesn't leave anyone alone. The Yetzer Hara was working on everybody. You should know that. Laymen, rabbis, not only that. The Gemara says, B'talmidei hachamim, yoter mikulam. He works on bringing down the Torah scholar more than anybody else. Because that's a big catch. It's like a person would go fishing. Why would he want to get a sardine? He would want to get a nice big tuna fish. So too, the Yetzer Hara is not so interested in small fries. If he can get a Talmud Hakam to sin, which will affect so many more people, because now that the Talmud Hakam has descended in level, he won't be able to help all these people to uplift themselves. And unfortunately, sometimes, Barminan, he is successful. Word to the wise is sufficient. If the shoe fits, wear it. What? Yeah. Certainly, when a person not only has goods physically, but if he has goods spiritually, he has to be afraid, A, from arrogance, and B, from too much light. We discussed this in the Likute Halachot, the idea of veering too far right and too much light. That can be also detrimental. This is not the place to explain it. So too, when a person has found himself in descent, he finds himself in a spiritual descent or a physical descent. Then it's super important to be careful and not to get sad, melancholy, morose, depressed, or in despair. All of these things come from the one idea hopelessness, 
There is no such thing in a Jew's lexicon as hopelessness. The derech that Moshe Rabbeinu made in Elul is that everyone can strengthen himself in happiness. Happiness? What do you mean? He realized now that he's the biggest creep and scoundrel around. In face of that, Hashem is with you and next to you. You're interested in doing Teshubah? You're just having such a thought? Well, by Hashem, you already could be considered a tzaddik. We find this described in the Jewish law, in the Code of Jewish Law, an amazing law. It's brought in the Gemara and actually brought in the Code of Jewish Law. Penelope is looking for a groom. She would like to get married. And she made a stipulation that she would want a groom who is a tzaddik. So, Cecil comes over to her and gives her a ring in front of two witnesses and says, you are hereby, on condition that he is a tzaddik. Now, Penelope is very happy. This Cecil who claims he's a tzaddik, she's super happy, she always wanted to marry a tzaddik. So she asks around, and she says, this guy Cecil, is he a tzaddik? And they start laughing, guffawing. He said, Cecil, he was with us last night in the place of ill repute. He's every card game, he's the one who doesn't stop talking Lashon Hara from beginning to end. Uh, kosher? Yeah, he eats from the kosher posha places. So now, she comes to the rabbi and says, I'm in deep trouble. Cecil, I accepted the Kiddushin because, you know, he says he's a tzaddik. Now, I heard all these bad things. What do I do, rabbi? He says, you know what? You don't have to marry him. You don't have to stay with him because we don't know. But he, it might, it's, there's a very, there's a, there is a chance that it is a kosher marriage. I cannot say go home because he's not a tzaddik. What do you mean? He went to, if I say, uh, uh, you are hereby betrothed to me on condition that I have a million dollars in this account in the bank. You don't have that million dollars. You don't need a divorce bill. The, The betrothal was conditional. The condition is not fulfilled. There's no marriage. You don't need a get. In this case, you should be the same thing. The person just came from the place of ill repute. He's saying, I am giving you this stuff this ring to uh, uncondition Amitzadik. He's not a tzaddik. He speaks Lashonara all the time. So finished. Rabbi says, You can't say that. You need a get. I need a get, Penelope says. I'm not going to be able to marry your Kohen. He says, That's right. You're not going to be able to marry. I'm so sorry. But you accepted the Kiddushin. And it might be that he thought at the time of repentance. If he had a complete thought of repentance at that time, I meant a thought of complete repentance at that time. Then the Kiddushin was good. So lady, you have a problem. You need a get from him. And this is nifsak in Shulchan Aruch as a law. What do you mean? And if the person thought, really sincerely thought that he'll do Teshuvah, he's called by the Torah as a tzaddik? The answer is yes. If a person unequivocally thought and was sincere and wanted to do Teshuvah, at that moment he transforms from a rasha into a tzaddik with the commitment, even if he didn't go through the whole process yet of Teshuvah Shelema. Shouldn't he be examined by the rabbi or by a baby? There is no way. Whether he did Teshuvah? Yeah, yeah, but he, he he can always claim that he was a tzaddik. 
even if he is examined, he is, if he uh, w- w- can discuss in a different setting, if he comes and says, yeah, you're right, it was a joke, I'm a rasha. Well, we'll talk about that a different time. Doesn't he but, have to pay the ketubah? There was no ketubah. Right. He just gave her kedushin. Uh, we'll discuss so there's that. there's no damages? We'll, we'll discuss it at a different time. The laws of damages in the Torah are complex. They do not encompass this. Anyway, the point is well taken. Abotai, listen carefully. The point is the following. We're not here to go through all the nuances of Jewish law. It is very nice that people are excited and they want to learn Masechet Kiddushin. To know the answers to the questions that have been asked, you must learn Gemara. You could talk it into yourself that you don't have to learn Gemara to answer to this question, but it isn't true. You need to learn Gemara for the answers to these questions. However, the point I was making was that when a person thinks thoughts that he wants to have complete repentance, in Hashem's eyes, he's already considered a tzaddik. And therefore, in this case, you need a get, which shows us that Hashem is with the biggest creep and scoundrel. If he wants to, at that time, to say and mean that he wants to do Teshuvah in Hashem's eyes, this is what the biggest criminal in the Jewish people needs to know. He has the ability to do Teshuvah in a second. And he has every right to be happy and he has no right to have despair. Begashmiyut. But then again, why should a person be happy? I can understand you say, he should be happy. Why should he be happy if... Um, I'm sorry. Ben Uzal is saying here that a person should be happy whether he's down physically or spiritually. When he's down physically, and let's say he's ill. He is ill. He's not well. He's down physically. How do you want him to be happy? He's in pain. This is bothering him. He doesn't feel well all day. What are you, what are you saying? What should he be happy with? So David HaMelech takes care of this for us. And he says, Batsar hirhavtali. In the most difficult times, you widened the situation and you made it easier for me. Within the sickness itself, he has things that he does, whether it's from the doctor, whether it's from Hashem, whatever it is, it's all from Hashem, but he has things that alleviate his pain. He has respite. This got better, that got better, little by little. So he, if he looks... In the cloud, he will find the silver lining. He will find how Hashem is making easier for him. In the tsaris. bottom line is, he doesn't have a dollar. But Friday night, he ended up sitting down and he has an izubizeokibahamda. He still doesn't know how he's going to pay his bills. He still doesn't know what's going to be. Okay, but now, bottom line is Friday night, him and Penelope and Cecil Jr. were all sitting by the Shabbat table with Riz, Ubizeh, or Kishka, or whatever it is. So, therefore, Hashem makes it easier within the difficulty. This is why a person should be happy. Dwell on how Hashem made it easier for you in the difficulty. Spiritually, how can a person be happy at all times? With Azamra. Meaning, a person knows how much he has he has transgressed. The last chapter in Likutamaran, which is also the subject, by the way, of the first discourse and dissertation in Likute Halachot. Binatanzal make it like made it like a seamless move from Likutamaran to the Likute Halachot, the first 
discourse in Likutei Halachot is about Azamra. Now, Azamra is a nice word. What does it mean? Azamra lelohai be'odi. I will sing to Hashem with the little bit of good that I find within myself. Ben Uzal, Nachman Mibreslov, warned us that even if a person sees a sorry state of affairs in his spirituality, he has it bodedut, and he did some rigorous analysis, and he sees not only are his avonot, nice juicy avonot, but his mitzvot are very lacking. Every mitzvah that he looks at, there is issues. Putting on tefillin, he wasn't thinking at all about the ideas behind tefillin. Who knows what he thought at the time. And he's praying, where was his head at the time? Other mitzvot were done without the proper nuances, this and that. So he sees everything is messed up. The sins are sins. The mitzvot may have some sins with them. It looks very sad and it looks very bleak that he's going to get to Olam Haba. And he starts to look at himself, says, you know, maybe this Olam Haba thing is not for him. Maybe he should drop everything and forget it. On this, Rabbeinu Zal says, you need to sing to Hashem with the little bit of good that you find within yourself. He says, bottom line, in that putting of tefillin, wasn't there a good thought involved? He put on the tefillin. He actively came to shul and he put on the tefillin. What he was thinking, what he wasn't thinking, the nuances, the way, the way, it, was, the way it was positioned exactly. It's not exactly the way it's supposed to be and it's far from what it's supposed to be. But there's something good in it. And Hashem <clears throat> revels in whatever small good that you do. And you pick that out. And then you go, bottom line is, I gave charity to this person. <clears throat> yeah, but why did you really give it? You gave it because you wanted your son to get better, and this and that, and that's why you gave Fine, so you gave the charity. That, that's not for... But it was something good in it. You did something good for the sake of Hashem. You gave charity. There was other things mixed in it. So, so what? Azamra al-Eluhai Be'udi means that understanding that Hashem's kindness is so great that He sees the smallest nuance of good that you did and then <clears throat> takes them all together and one by one uplifts you. This a person is supposed to do with other people, Rabbi Nuzal says, and he's supposed to do it with himself. How do you do this with other people? Another person is a really crummy person. You just look at him and you say, this is not somebody you want to have anything to do with. But if you follow Azamra, you will look at the person and see that he has something good about him. He has something good about him. Benuzal says this is not limited to other people. A person needs to do this on his own. When he is feeling down and morose, and he does a true rigorous analysis of his life, and he sees how far he is from Hashem spiritually, all the skeletons he has in the closet, he dare not stay in that mode. You're supposed to recognize your sins and confess. But you need to see your good points also. Part of the analysis of it, Bodedut, has to be, I do good things too. I came to a shiur. I came to a shiur, whatever I did. I dreamt, I slept, I did. I was thinking, whatever. But I came to a shiur. That's good. A is good. B is good. C is good. And collect all these good things. And then the pasuk says, With these little bits of pieces, that you find that the person finds that he's not a rasha in these issues, you will look at the place where he was before, and he's no longer there. He has uplifted others, he has uplifted himself with this idea. 
וגם להתחזק תמיד בביטחון ובתקווה אמיתיים להשם יתברך. It is also incumbent upon a Jew always, and especially in the month of Elul, to strengthen himself with trust and with hope. True hope to Hashem. There is no situation that's hopeless. Al Through this pathway and following these pieces of advice, and the pathway that Moshe Rabbeinu made for us in Elul, we'll be able to strengthen ourselves with true faith, and the right amount of fear of Hashem. All this slides us seamlessly into Selichot. Selichot begins on Monday morning, where we just don't, don't just come and sing and say words because we're obligated to say it, and what could you do? We're privileged to have everything set up for us, for entreaties to Hashem to have mercy on us, for entreaties to Hashem to make our life better physically, make our life better spiritually. We approach the oncoming year with great hope. Help us to do real Teshuvah. Help us to be what you want us to be. Help us to be happy. Help us to have a heart for Teshuvah. These type of entreaties are never cast aside by Hashem, especially when a person says this in a congregation with a minyan. Hashem never detests the prayer of the many because you can have the collective merit of the many. Needless to say, the zechut of Moshe Rabbeinu, the zechut of Rabbeinu Zal, and his students, Rabbi Natan Zal, and his descendant, Rabbi Shimon Shimbarski Zal, who wrote these wondrous words here in Eitzot Mevoarot, should shield us and help us to become the proper Jews that we should be. Amen ve Amen. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. Baruch